Hi, and welcome to the Midlife Feast, the podcast for women who are hungry for more in this season of life. I'm your host, Dr. Jen Salib Huber. Come to my table, listen and learn from me, trusted guest experts in women's health, and interviews with women just like you. Each episode brings to the table juicy conversations designed to help you feast on midlife. All right, so welcome to week five of the Non-Diet Resolution, and I am so excited to be joined by Jill Whalen of Whalen Wellness, who is a wellness and fitness instructor um, and has been for quite a long time, but is kind of uh, maritime famous because of her online programs. I know lots of people listening from uh, the Atlantic parts of Canada will be excited that Jill is on the podcast. So welcome, Jill. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Jen. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so for those of you who have been following along, this is the last week of the non-diet resolution, which is uh, a challenge that I run every year that kind of changes depending on what's going on. And this year I brought in lots of people to help me help you stay out of the non-diet mindset. And I am really excited that we're going to be talking about staying out of that kind of diet mindset around movement and making it joyful and purposeful and finding ways to make it about something other than the calorie in calorie out equation. And so it's the end of January. Lots of people probably started the month with some movement and exercise resolutions and maybe starting to kind of fade on, um, you know, willpower or just maybe starting to feel a little tired. And I'd love to help shift mindset around that. So what do you find, because I know you do a lot of work around mindset, and you know, like, what, what do you find is a key thing for anybody, but you know, women, because that's who mainly listens to my podcast, but the, the, the thing that women can focus on changing when it comes to how they approach movement and exercise in their life. There's so many things I can say, and I really, I honestly don't even know where to start, but what I saw personally was a big shift when I stopped thinking about moving as a means of of it being dependent on the shape or size of my body, instead just moving to feel well or moving to enjoy myself. So what I recommend is instead of some giant overhaul, as you just said, as people start the new year, often they, there's a huge new regimen coming in, all kinds of change. There's going to be all kinds of movement. There's going to be restriction of food. There's going to be a diet. There's going to be all those things. But what if we didn't do anything major? What if instead we focused on a few key habits that we can fit into our lives instead of focusing on taking things out and pushing things in their heart? Yeah. Well, it's like the add in approach that I talk about with intuitive eating all the time. It's like, what can we add in versus take out? And so, you know, often women who have been in diet culture and in the diet mindset for a long time have only ever used exercise as a means to an end. It has always been part of a weight loss plan. It has always been about changing how their body looks instead of how their body feels. And for women who get to midlife, we get to this place and all of a sudden, even if that was air quotes working before, mm -hmm. it doesn't work the way it used to. And so something often forces that mindset shift on us and that is midlife. And, you know, there's often, I think, this resistance to maybe doing movement that's joyful because it feels easy. And we've been conditioned to think that exercise has to be hard to count. Yeah. 
What do you have to say about that? I have so much to say about that. So just as a little context for your listeners, for your audience, um, I was somebody who struggled so much with disordered eating, over-exercising, and body image issues for most of my life. And even as, or maybe because of, or maybe in spite of being a fitness coach, it was all of that was wrapped up into one. And so I always moved my body as a means of punishment, almost a a means of, it was wrapped up in earning food, which is not a premise that any of us should ever, ever adopt. We all earn food simply by being alive, first of all. But when it comes to movement, it shouldn't be a punishing thing. And of course, it it, it then earns such a terrible reputation. It's like, oh, I got to go work out today, or I have to go exercise, or I'm going, I have to go take a stupid walk. <laughs> and you see all these memes and jokes and TikToks all about that. But the shift that happened for me was um, I did a big pivot back in 2017, where I decided that I was at that time running my gym. We had two locations of the gym and I was finding that I just didn't have joy in it the way I used to have in coaching, in running the gym, in moving my body, in any of it. And I was drowning in the food piece. I was absolutely drowning. And this is when, as you know, I'm into intuitive eating. But what really happened there, the big shift that happened was that when I closed the gym, I told myself, okay, it's time for a break. It's time to do some soul searching and some personal growth and to figure out these issues that I have. And that means I'm taking a break. I don't have to force myself to exercise anymore. I'm not going to do it, but I missed it. And I missed it for the right reasons. And when I realized that movement for me was more linked or more importantly linked to my mental and emotional health, that was the turning point for me. And I call that almost like the, you know, if you're Canadian, you know this, the TSN turning point of my life. (laughs) Things turned around. Like it was no longer was I spending most of my day talking myself out of my next workout. Instead, I was finding opportunities to move and I was finding joy in movement. And now I just, that's, that's the way I live my life every day. And my four pillar system to wellness movement is one of those pillars. I'm not telling my community members, my, my clients that they have to work out every single day. I'm telling them some movement will help every day and it's key to their wellness. So for example, last night, Jen, I played hockey for the first time in my life and I had so much fun. (laughs) I'm a figure skater. I was a figure skater. So I played hockey for the first time in my life and I had such a sweat. I had so many laughs and my face hurt from smiling and that's joy in movement. And that's what I aim for every day. So even though my programming consists of workouts, uh, strength-based workouts and hip workouts, it's still all about the fun. And anybody who's in my community knows that if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. I'm a little silly. We have lots of fun. We keep lots of variety in there. And it's about finding that joy. I also only offer three classes a week. I'm not going mm. to drive in any more than that. Instead, we do other things on the other days. So I'm a big advocate of diversifying your movement. You should not be hammering your body in the gym seven days a week. That's not good for you. You should not be doing seven days of spin classes in a week. You should not be doing seven hit classes. Diversify that m- movement on the daily. I do recommend... Um, to anybody that you move your body every day. And that can be anything from a dance with your kids after supper or a little walk with the dog, or it can be put away the laundry in 10 minutes or less. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I love like how you were describing, you know, playing hockey for the first time. 
you know, we talk about joyful movement. And even though this is an audio podcast, I can see Jill's face as she's talking about it. And there is so much joy in how she's describing this, you know, and it's about fun. And I think that, you know, for women um, in general, but especially for women in midlife, you know, in, in my age bracket, in kind of 40s and 50s, we were really conditioned by like Jane Fonda. And that whole mentality around exercise having to be hard and having to be this thing that you did for the sake of doing it. That's so funny. You and I are so well aligned. Jane Fonda came in my mind this morning when I was looking forward to this conversation. And I had a few thoughts about that, exactly what you just said. But along with that, it was that iconic look. It was the leotard, it was the long lean body, the Barbie doll shape. It was that look. So one thing that I continually drive home in my classes, I'm big on technical form. If we're doing strength training, I'm very, um, I teach. I like to teach how to do the movements correctly so that we can do them over the long term and progress. But I always remind people, we all live in different bodies. It's going to look different in your body then it looks in my body and everybody else here too. And for that reason, it's more about how you feel, how you're moving your body, what you're doing, what you're trying to achieve and how you feel when you do it. Yeah. And that's just so important. And again, like when you're focusing on movement to change how your body looks there, that has a, that's a limited time offer, right? There's only so much that you can change about how your body looks in a way that is balanced and fits in with the rest of your life and allows for, you know, living mm-hmm. because you can't diet and exercise your way into someone else's body. I say that all the time. And I know you have to I like that. Yeah. Um, I always say you can't. So that creates, if there's some sort of unrealistic standard that we're not going to reach anyways, because we're not meant to, we're not all born to look some certain stereotypical way. We're not going to reach that anyway. So that creates negative feelings towards the body that we do live in. And you cannot hate yourself to a healthy body. It's impossible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, for anybody who's unfamiliar with intuitive eating, there are 10 principles of intuitive eating and joyful movement is one of them. And um, when I'm working with women to kind of undiet their life, Mm -hmm. and so that means, you know, undoing the belief system they have around food and exercise and, you know, what they need to do to be healthy, it often comes up, well, how often should I move? How often should I exercise? And, you know, you know, and very much like you, I say, I think our goal should always be to move our bodies in ways that feel good and bring us joy as often as we can. Mm -hmm. And joy doesn't, you know, joy can be hard work, but joy can also be easy. It's not the hard or the easy. That's the key component. It's the movement and the joy. That's right. And so when you find something that you love, it becomes easy to want to do it. Absolutely. And, you know, you look forward to it because of how it makes you feel versus how it makes you look. Yeah. And also I movement can be anything from taking a little stretch, taking a few minutes at your desk to do a little stretch. If you sit and work all day, it can be absolutely anything, but the link between how you feel once you move is something that we need to pay close attention to. And I think that's become a little easier to see. I think we see it through a little more clear eyes through this pandemic, because 
organically from being locked in our houses, we've been moving less. Well, you know, like I'm doing less trips into the car and out of the car and delivering children places, for example. That's less movement in my day. And so my body was moving less. So you're a little more achy. You're a little more tired. A big piece about movement that I teach as well is that movement creates energy. It's like the chicken and the egg. Don't wait for the energy to come for movement. You create your own energy. I hear it all of the time, Jen. You know I wake up at 4.30 in the morning to get ready for my class. And people say, Jill, where do you get the energy? I create that energy. I have a very um, a very specific pattern of behavior. I have a very specific habit system that means a lot to me. And I create those habits that create the energy that allow me to show up the way I want to show up every day. I love that. I want to touch on rest because we're nearing the end of the month. Mm -hmm. I'm sure lots of people started the month with some kind of 30 day challenge or, you know, take part in these 30 day challenges. And I never liked those to begin with, but I Mm -hmm. think that they, their biggest downfall is they reinforce this all or nothing thinking that always gets us into trouble, right? Because we can get to day 28 And if something happens and we haven't done day 28 or 29, it takes us right back to zero. And it makes all of those days, quote unquote, not count. Right. It makes you feel like you failed, perceived failure. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And rest is one of those things that I think is hard for people to embrace as a key component of movement. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's the yin and the yang. It's the other side of the coin. You can't have joyful movement without some kind of rest built into it, either for recovery or just because you need it. And I think developing that permission mindset around if my body needs rest, I can honor that. But that doesn't mean that I'm stopping or it doesn't mean that I have to start over. So, you know, when, when people ask you about rest, like how do you talk to them about rest in a, in a positive way so that they see it as something to embrace when they need it? Yeah, that's a great question. And I find with the mindfulness practice around intuitive eating that that's, it's, it's a very similar um, scenario and setup. So the all or nothing approach, first of all, I talk about this a lot in terms of food and in terms of movement, the all or nothing approach will always result in nothing. Like it will always keep you coming back for that next best thing because you feel like you failed, because you feel like you blew it, because you feel like it all went out the window and that will always result in nothing. And that's not serving you. That's not good for you. And really January 1st, here was a big turning point for me as well. January 1st, just another day on the calendar, my friend. And it is great to have goals, to set intentions. It's great to reach for something in your life. But you're setting yourself up for failure if you think you're going to do 90 minutes of hardcore exercise every day and you're going to eat a thousand calories a day because that's not safe, it's not productive, and it's not something that's sustainable over the long term. So when it comes to rest with movement, I always talk about how moving your body will provide clarity. And that's our number one goal, movement and mental health. That's the number one reason these days I've been... I have been working out. I got my first gym membership when I was 19 years old and I'm almost 43. I do it now primarily for my mental health. Close second is my physical health and my appearance is way down there. It's just not a value anymore. I want to live till I'm 200 years old, Jen. So what I tell people around rest is that you got to listen to that body. And when people come to me, some of my members sometimes will be like, my legs just feel extra sore this week. And I'm like, well, that's a good sign that you diversify your movement into some stretching or some yoga 
or you go take a nap. <laughs> you take a day off. It's okay. It's that um, intuitive space that will bring you into your movement practices as well. Like listen to your body. I do not want an injury. I've been there and done that. I, when I first started running, I ran all of the miles in such a short period of time and ended up injured and sidelined and crying in a race. And that's not why, you know, we're not built, we are built for movement, but we're not built to kick the crap out of ourselves every day either. That doesn't feel joyful. That's such an important reminder for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny because I, um, I always, I, I used to buy into that whole never miss a Monday, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, the, the, the popular program that that went along with was that if you started the week out on Monday with a workout, that it would motivate you to kind of keep going during the week. Mm-hmm. And, but what I found and what, you know, people tell me all the time is that if they missed a Monday, they just skipped the week yeah. because they felt like they'd already failed. Yeah. Like so, they blew it. It was over. Can't start again until Monday. Yeah. Or, you know, like if something happens on Monday, you, you know, pre COVID days, you had to stay home with a sick kid and, or, you know, you, something happened at work or whatever it was, if something happened, cause life happens all the freaking time you were like, oh, well, I'll just start again next Monday. And, you know, I think that building in the mindset that movement is something that we want to do for longevity and for quality of life and to be able to move when we're 80, not just live till we're 80, but be able to move when we're 80, you know, means that we have to incorporate rest when we need to rest because that's, that's where healing takes place. And you can't, you, you can't work a broken body. No. And you won't find joy in it that way either. It won't feel good. I'm I'm all about, you know, in, from my perspective of wellness coaching, I did fitness coaching for years and it wasn't serving me. I wanted to shift into something more focused on longevity and health. So that's why I do wellness coaching now. And, and in the wellness space, it's more about how you feel any given day. And every single one of us wakes up each day with an opportunity to choose to carve out a little bit of time for ourselves in these habits, drink some water, you know, enjoy some food that feels good in your body, move your body and work on your mental health and your mindset a little bit. Those are my four pillars. And what I'm like, my biggest feeling around movement and rest is that you won't love it over the long term if you hammer, hammer, hammer all the time. So diversify it, find new ways to shake it up, try something new. Moving your body can look so many different ways. And I tell you, once I figured that out, it's just your quality of life goes up because your experiences go up, your memory making goes up, your smile level goes up. All of those things go up and then listen to your body when it's time to take a rest. Nobody loves a good nap better than me. (laughs) (laughs) So any kind of parting advice for anyone who maybe started out this month, um, you know, all gung ho, but now wants to spend the rest of the year moving joyfully. What Mm -hmm. is something that they can focus on adding in either through mindset or movement that will help them to feel good in their bodies instead of about their bodies. It's about honoring how you feel any given day. How do you feel today? Let's get out for a walk. If it's minus 45 degrees where you are, then maybe you're not getting out for a walk. Maybe you're going to have a dance party. But one, one key thing that I say to my members is there's no wagons over here in this space with me. There's no on the wagon or off the wagon. They simply do not exist. Every single one of us wake up each day with an opportunity to try. And when we try, 
Uh, some days we will do it. Some days life will pull us away. Sometimes life will take over. And that's okay. We're done with beating ourselves up over those days when they occur. Because they will occur. Life's not perfect. We can't expect this journey to be perfect. Is life linear? Absolutely not. It's a big tangled mess sometimes. And we got to roll with that. But every one of us is deserving of that fresh start every single day. If you miss a day, guess what that means? That means you missed a day. Nothing else. doesn't mean that you oh, failed. That. doesn't oh, mean that you that. can't come back. It doesn't mean that there's a wagon that you're off, on, behind, upside down, or anywhere around. We're just moving forward one day at a time. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on this year's new uh, non-diet New Year's resolution challenge. Um, and so I know that you've got three quick tips that will be in a blog article for people to kind of reference around mindset and movement. And uh, that's on the blog. Mm -hmm. And, um, and just thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Like I said, you're kind of maritime famous. And I know that this episode will be well loved. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I just want to thank you for all the great work and content that you put out there. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Midlife Feast. If you are trying to make peace with food in midlife and feeling a little stuck, I'd love to help you. Visit my website for information about how to work with me one-on-one -on -one or to sign up for my group program, Beyond the Scale. You can find the link in the show notes on Instagram at menopause.nutritionist or visit www.jennsalibhuber.ca.